here. And so we are rolling. Um, I am Yolanda Johnson of Beyond Measure LLC. And y'all, I am so excited today. Uh, we are entering into another segment of Can You See Me Women Leadership and Race? And I tell you, I have another treat for y'all. I have been so filled by the folks who have been on this platform and who have shared and poured so much of themselves so that um, myself and our listeners and all of that can uh, really relate to their stories and build from their stories, take nuggets from their stories, be impacted, uh, whatever that looks like. And so I appreciate all of you for listening. But today, I have yet another great treat, um, uh, uh, just a bright light today. I have Dr. Gia Conway, <laughs> the CEO of, hey, of uh, the CEO. Dr. Gia Conway is the CEO of Change from the Inside Out, and that is a women's empowerment coaching ministry. Dr. Gia is in York, Pennsylvania, and she is also one of the co-authors in the new set apart and chosen. God uses extraordinary women, ordinary women. You know what? We might have to think about that. We might have to do a sequel. Extraordinary. Yes. God uses ordinary women to do extraordinary things. And so Dr. Gia, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and tell the folks um, what you do, what you're working on right now, and then we're just going to take it from there. All right. Well, good morning, Yolanda and um, invited guests. I'm so excited to be here with you this morning on this platform. As Yolanda stated, I am Dr. Gia Conway. Um, by profession, I am a, a nurse practitioner. Um, I do take care of cancer patients in private practice in York, Pennsylvania. Um, bye by God's calling. <laughs> I am a ordained evangelist. Um, I am a certified life coach that focuses on women's empowerment and um, as well as just helping women really define uh, their already God-ordained purpose. Um, I am a nine-time published author. I am... Uh, Yay, and with the latest addition to that, um, absolutely set apart and chosen such a great anthology with amazing women and privileged to be a part of that. Um, my greatest joys, I am a wife of 22 years. Um, yes, let's celebrate that. That's awesome, 22 years. Um, 22 years, 22 amazing years. Um, I am a mother of four, I am a grandmother of one, um, I am a sister, a friend. I know, right? A grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What do they call um, you, Dr. Gia? He calls me Gigi. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you look like Gigi. <laughs> Not <laughs> grandma. Gigi, yeah. Mm -hmm. So with all those being said, um, I am just grateful to be a vessel that God chose to use. Um, currently working on, um, on my next um, um book which will be called loving the skin that you're in mm. um and that's going to be an amazing book for women just learning to love who we are from the inside out um teaching women how to take care of themselves that understanding that beauty resonates from the inside um and then the outside is the byproduct yes. um, so i'm working on that i'm excited to do that work um, I think it's a needed work in the body of women. We spend so much time trying to beat these barns, but the inside's a whole mess. You know. So I'm just gonna <laughs> just gonna it. share what God downloads with that dealing from mental health to physical health to relationships. So I work. That's my new work in the process. And I want to say two weeks ago, I launched my Epitome of a Woman series of my Facebook Live, and that has just been amazing. Ah! 
uh, where we are just talking about the women of God and who we are in the as the women of God and the Word of God. Yeah, 148 women. I've been studying Yolanda from the book of, from the Word of God, and mm -hmm. let me tell you something. God, there's nothing new under the sun. His yeah. word, the His word is our GPS, and there's things in there from the women that you know you'll find yourself in everybody's story. That's, that's so right. So I'm enjoying doing that. That's 30 minute segments on Thursdays, and it has just been an empowering time just to remind women that God has not forgotten you, mm. that God has not forgotten what he has called you by name, by purpose, by intention, and by destiny. Wow. So I'm just enjoying life. I'm enjoying the call. I'm enjoying what God is saying in this season. And even more so, I am just extremely privileged that he would even choose the old wretch like me to even do his work. So I'm just excited and I'm excited to be with you guys yeah. this morning. What, what a great place, a great space to be in, right? Absolutely. To know that God chooses you in spite of, just in spite of, right? Mm -hmm. I always say the prayer like, thank you for loving me in spite of me, in right? Of. And, and that's such a beautiful thing to know that there is somebody who no matter what, you know, he love us. And then you're able to find your story through your Facebook lives. You're able to talk about women of the Bible, other women, where you could find your story in so many other people's story, right? Absolutely. And that's and that's so good because those connections really help to build you and sustain you. And you're like, you know what? I can do that. Yes. I saw Dr. Gia. I saw Yolanda, just simple little vessels. Exactly. Wow. One of the things I want to talk about is that you are a, a cancer, a doctor through cancer, right? For cancer patients. Yes, talk a little bit about what that means. And then I want to lead you somewhere else through that. I have, I have taken care of cancer patients for 25 years. Wow. And even when I've tried to leave that discipline, I will tell you that is where God has led me back to over and over again. It's for as ugly as cancer is, I, I just believe that God has led me back there because I believe in restoring hope. Even in some of the most dreadful of situations, mm -hmm. if people don't have hope, they've already died, regardless of what the cancer will do, regardless of what the disease will do. But it is such a privilege to take care of these patients at this point in their lives where they don't even have an answer as to what their tomorrow's going to look like. Right. You know, everybody may not ascribe to what I believe in, but what they won't deny is the hope that I give them. That's right. Um, it's it's some days are difficult. I won't deny that the challenge is real some days, especially when you're taking care of someone that's your age or younger. Right. And you, you know, and you know that this this just may not end good for them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I just believe that God's healing is the ultimate healing. We, it may not be what we want in terms of healing and life as we know it, but sometimes his healing is the ultimate healing. Wow. And so taking care of these patients just allows me just if for a year, two years, six months, three months, just to be a part of this journey with them. And I absolutely enjoy spending time with them. Um, you come to know them on a different level beyond the face of their disease. Right. Because one of the things I like to say is you're not who you're not who cancer says you are. Mm. You know, cancer is something you have. It's not who you are unless you choose to give it that type of power. Wow. Um, so 25 years of doing this and um, it, it is a blessing on so many levels because you never know the impact that you have on someone's life until you know you start taking care of them from the time of diagnosis through their survivorship journey that's so good um as as you all can see and as you see i take notes also for myself <laughs> to go back to i love that beyond the face of your disease right and we're all carrying or we all have at some point carried some sort of disease whether it be emotional or whatever the case may be but talk about what you've seen and and you've hit on this a little bit as far as cancer patients um the difference in those who have like a real positive outlook and we know it's hard we're never going to um, belittle the things that folks are going through health wise but what is it that what are those things that you see that are different for folks who have more of a positive outlook on life when they're going through something like that? Yolanda, what I see is patients that 
come in first of all with the attitude is uh, I'm going to kick cancer's butt. You know, that's that's their mindset out the gate. This will not this will not take me out. Um, Do better overall. Mentally, they're in such a greater space that they're not in denial about what's going on. You know, absolutely a state of shock because this is not what they saw for their lives. Mm -hmm. But their whole mentality of embracing that this will not rob me of the things that I have planned for myself and for my family. Overall, they do well in terms of how they tolerate the treatments. They do well. They do well overall in terms of their side effects, their their overall well-being. Just to see that even when I know they're feeling at their worst, they still come in at their best. You know, those patients in themselves do better long-term mentally than they would have ever done if they if they already came in with a defeatist attitude. Mm. My patients that are kind of, it is what it is. This is what life does. This is life. What do you want me to do? You know, they're a little bit harder because they put up these walls that they don't want anybody to pierce. They're angry. They're bitter. They're frustrated. And I get it. You know, I'll come in the room, you know, I come in smiling and they're like, why are you smiling? I'm like, would you prefer that I came in like doomsday or would you prefer that a clinician comes in that's about to speak life into you? That's about to I understand where you are. Trust me, I do. But I believe that you need a brighter light to walk in, to walk you through this journey. Darkness can't lead in darkness, you know? So, you know, it, it's a total different paradigm shift when the mentality is off of where I am. They've already, they've already canceled themselves out of the game. Right. Already yeah. said, it is done. I am finished, and I walk in and say, it's not over. To the fat lady says, it's over. Exactly. Yes, and that's the Working. linkage. That's the linkage that I, I definitely hear and see, and wanted you to get to straight to. It's Women's History Month, right? And. Mm-hmm. All of what you said as far as not having a defeatist attitude and how we approach the challenges of life mm-hmm. is determines how we deal with those side effects. Wait a minute, now look at my notes. Um, how we tolerate treatment, how we receive mm-hmm. treatment, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And the long-term effects. Oh, my goodness. Man, mm-hmm. Dr. Gia. I I read a piece of your chapter here. This book is amazing, isn't it? It is. It is amazing. The the connection that is in this book throughout the entire book is amazing. And I'm so thankful for Kimberly LeBou, the publisher who was just obedient, just Mm -hmm. obedient. And the right people came to her and the right people said yes. And and she she pushed us to have the right words on that paper, right? Um, Mm -hmm. All of that. You know, I'm just so grateful for it. But the the linkage and, and what you talked about really speaks to a lot of what is in this book. That Mm -hmm. triumphant attitude that I have seen in so many stories here, like, okay, this happened, this happened, but now I'm going to take this and I'm going to kick life in the butt because this is what happened. And now I'm not, I'm going to disrupt any negative long-term side effects on my life. That's right. That's right. That's it right there. Disrupt those, those negative side effects. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. I love that. Love it. Dr. Gia, talk a little bit about, and then we could just like let it flow as much as you want to and as much as you're comfortable with, because I know folks are still buying the book, Set Apart and Chosen, y'all. God uses ordinary women to do extraordinary things. You can contact Dr. I'm losing my recording. No, this is good. Good, good, good. <clears throat> All right, y'all, we are back on, ready to roll, ready to roll. So we were just getting into Dr. Gia's chapter in Set Apart and Chosen. God uses ordinary women to do extraordinary things. And the title of Dr. Gia's chapter is just so compelling, The Ugly Duckling. So I'm going to have her talk to (laughs) y'all. (laughs) At first, though, I want to read just a little piece here from the front, the, the front of her chapter. For 15 years, I was stuck in the body of a woman 
who did not know how to truly love herself, forgive herself, and value who she was. The semantics of life became easy as I mastered how to smile through pain and take on the pain of others so that I never had to feel my own. I mastered the ugly duckling place of hiding behind the veil. I'm going to leave it there and then I'm going to let you take it and talk about that ugly duckling spirit that used to be there. You know, Yolanda, when I was writing this chapter, you know, as you and I briefly touched on earlier, it's like, where do you start? Where do you even go? There were so many dynamics and things that I was feeling at that time. And the thing that constantly, at least I feel like I constantly battle in my life is that self-esteem piece and that ugly duckling syndrome. Yeah. You know, validation is important, but when it becomes the one thing that consumes you to the point where you're always wondering if you're accepted, it can be a point of detriment. Right. And for me, having gone through so much in my childhood, I was always feeling like, Am I validated? Am I accepted in the circles that I'm swinging in? You know, who's looking and can really see through this facade that I'm walking through? And can you see my shame? Can you see my ugliness? Can you see my scars? Mm -hmm. Because those were things that I carried for years. Right. For years, um, and not even feeling that if I speak, who's gonna listen? You can't take it away. Mm -hmm. You certainly, can't undo what has already been done and you definitely cannot heal these places for me right so the ugly duckling syndrome was real for me I can even remember points in time in my life wondering why my husband even loved me mm. can you not see the mm -hmm. brokenness can you not see all these things on the inside that one I wanted him to fix right and secondly were such a burden to me Mm -hmm. And it really was not until I had my first child that I felt like, God, how can I even show her the beauty that she put, that she represents when I haven't even embraced that for myself? Mm, that's so good. You can't give from a place of barrenness if you don't have it full of, if it's not full and nourished itself. Mm -hmm. So looking at her was really a pivotal change mm -hmm. for me in my life because I needed to be something for her. I need, I wanted her to look at me and see everything that she needed to see as an example of a woman. Mm -hmm. You know, I lost my mother early in my, in my life. I'm my mother. I lost my mother to a drug overdose when I was 12 years of age. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have my mother for the, 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 those great moments in my life. She wasn't there for my firstborn. She wasn't there when I got married. She wasn't there when I was bullied. She wasn't there for those things that you right. just need your mother there for. Right, right. You know, but, but I was here. I was here for my daughter and I needed to be there, mind, body, and soul. Mm -hmm. But I was so torn. I, I was just a mess on the inside. I, I often say I looked like Swiss cheese. I was holy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't the right kind of holy. <laughs> Yes. So I, I, that ugly duckling syndrome was an overshadow that I had to work really, really hard to submit. And I had to submit it to God. I really had to let God do a new and right thing in me because I had tried it on the therapist floor. I had tried it crying on my own. I had tried it by putting up this wall and this facade that what you see is what you get. But really what yeah. you saw was the covering of my pain. Wow, that's so good. So I, I had to work hard at that, and I needed a consistent, and I needed a constant, I needed a non-judgmental place to do that. And what better place to do that but at the throne of God's grace? Mm. You know, I needed really for God to break me. You know, when God deals with you, we don't know if we want God to come dealing with us always on lily pads, but I'm going to tell you something. When God deals with you for real, and he begins to peel back those layers, Everything doesn't always look real good. You got to no. own some stuff. You got to own your part. And why are you yeah. so ugly? Yeah. Why are you still so broken? Mm -hmm. You know, so even when I went before God, I was like, wait a minute, Jesus. That's not why I came. I yeah. came for some healing. But a part of your healing is a part of your brokenness. Yes. And so as God dealt with me in those broken places, begin to peel back those layers and really show me me. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, okay. I'm not necessarily like all these places. The other night. I'll embrace, you know, oh, I'll embrace the starred up knees and I'll embrace the little 
tap on my ego, I'll embrace that. Yeah. But if, because if that's going to get me to the place of who you said I am, not who I think I'm supposed to be, not you who or anybody else says I'm supposed to be, yeah. not because I'm measuring up to someone else's platform, but because when you made Gia, you were deliberate with me. He was intimate with me. He was intentional with me. The, the, the word of God says he fashioned and formed me. You know, I like to make the word of God personal. Psalm 139, I always yes, insert my own personal. name because I like to make it personal. It's personal. Like, God, you're talking about me right here. I'm your favorite daughter yes, right here. You know, I like I, that's me. Daughter. Yeah. Yeah. I like to make it personal because that's just how God sees us. Yeah. It's personal with us. It's personal. You know, as, as I really begin to let the word of God saturate my being and pull back those layers, I no longer begin to see the brokenness, but I began to see the beauty through his eyes. And that that's a process, my sister. That's not something that happens you, Monday, you you feeling this way, Tuesday, you just know it's no, a process. It's a continual process. And it's you a said continue. a few minutes ago, what I love is that he you still have those feelings that creep up in you, but because mm -hmm. you've submitted it to God, then you know you're going to be all right. But that doesn't mean that every day you're completely out of all of this stuff. And I think that sometimes when people see, you know, um, those of us who can push forward and move forward and, and still live life and be happy about life, the, the myth of that is that we don't deal with those things, that we're not dealing, but we are. You know, um, mm -hmm. the feelings of unworthiness. You know, I talk about unworthiness, feel that feeling mm -hmm. of unworthiness. You know, my um, things was that I um, wasn't so bent on um, what is that brokenness that others see in me or that I see in myself. I felt like God, what God saw in me, he could not use me that I was unworthy of all of this greatness that mm -hmm. is always talked about. I was unworthy because mm -hmm. of things that had happened and transpired in my life. But, and those things do creep up. They creep up there because I know that, but because of him, that's how I'm able to get through. It's not because that I am this full-blown great angel walking on this earth. No, it's because I know that he's continuing to restore me and restore me. And so I'm so glad you said that. Unworthiness, seeing those broken places, Swiss cheese. Talk about a piece of where that came from. And we share this. Um, the, the main root of that was abuse, mm -hmm. you know, abuse breaks, abuse breaks. I don't care what form it comes in, whether it's verbal, physical, sexual, it breaks because that is not how we were designed to live. That is not why we were even created. But as unfortunately as we know the history of just the word of God, abuse isn't anything new. Right. It breaks. And of almost non-existence. You know, it can truly make you feel like you're nothing. Right. Empty. You know, it, it takes something from you. And for me, that abuse started very early in my life. It started mm -hmm. at the age of nine. Mm -hmm. And at nine years of age, who even can conceive of something like that? No. Who can even conceive that someone you love wants to hurt you? Mm. You don't even know how to process it. At nine, it was Barbie dolls and coloring books. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't even conceive about the fact that your body has now become violated or the fact that your place of the, your home is no longer a safe place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That you're afraid to close your eyes at night because you don't know who'll go creep in the night. Right, right. It was a violation. And it was a violation that I struggled with yeah. all of my life. The, the power the though. Of that ugly duckling complex, it's because I felt like abuse took some things from me. Some things that I felt were of value that now made me unvaluable, mm -hmm. unworthy, mm -hmm. 
make me dirty, mm-hmm. make me empty. Yeah, of something that someone else did to us. Someone else. Yeah. Dr. Gia, you know, I just thought about something. What does God say or what is the, the spiritual thing about the number nine? What is there something with the number nine? You know, I like looking at numerology, Yolanda, but I've never looked at the number nine. Hmm. Never. So we got it. So when we meet, we got to know what the number nine we gotta is. We got to know what the number nine is because I bet you there is something there. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Man, oh, man. Yeah. Whew. Sometimes you, you know, got to sit that in That something. root of abuse is, is deep. And if you don't unfold it, you don't uncover it, the sad reality is it can become generational. Mm-hmm. And it truly can be the one thing that will stagnate your life. It, it, because you don't want to visit those places. Mm-hmm. You don't want to go back there. It's too painful. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have to keep reliving that over and over. Right. And I will tell you that in my reliving was my rebirth. It wasn't easy and it's not always easy. Right. But it is the place that God continues to heal. Yeah. He continues to heal it and he continues to utilize something in that place to allow us to serve others, right? And allow us to even see that same hurt, that whole, can you see me? I see that pain. I see that hurt, but I also see that light that you are continuing to shine in the midst of some dark places that you have carried yourself. And so Mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons why I really can't stand and I have, um, taking a different uh, position when I hear folks talk about uh, people who kind of come forward about things that have happened to them later on in life and stuff like that, whether it looks like the little nine-year-old girls that we were, or it looks like even a grown woman who says later on, this is what happened to me. Because you have no concept at that moment. How, wait, 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 what is, what is this? Until Mm -hmm. life starts revealing itself to you, no matter Mm -hmm. how old you are. And so um, I I try to educate people more to get folks to understand that when people come out or when people talk about certain things, leave them alone because you don't understand their process. You Mm -hmm. don't know what that process looks like, whether it be a boss that you had to deal with at work or a family friend or family member or whatever the case may be. You don't know that folks process. So that's the first Mm -hmm. thing we need to say instead of questioning, why did she, why did he wait until, you know, blah, blah, blah. You don't know the process. No, people spend so much time judging Mm -hmm. the glory and not understanding the story. Mm -hmm. a graduated process you don't go from kindergarten to 12th grade without going through a process no and it, it's no different than when you're trying to really understand yourself why you behave the way you behave mm-hmm. why why you've become just this woman with this s on your chest and understanding why do you have to be so strong mm-hmm. why do you have to display this you know that place of femininity doesn't come forth as this gentle being but as this person that all you've known all your life is how to be your own strength Exactly. So as opposed to judging that, you know, and that and that is such a place that in many places, especially at my place of work, you know, that's a place of judgment for me. And I have to say to them, you don't until you really know me, don't judge my strength. It has nothing to do with being overly confident. It has nothing to do with being conceited. It has everything to do with what I've been through and you will not break this armor. Yes, you I know, love that. They don't get it. They don't understand what you've had to go through to stand and not be broken and not let you have to constantly, I, I, I tell them I've graduated beyond the days of having to constantly prove myself to you. Those days are long. She gone. She, she didn't, she didn't I don't, die. I don't, she, I don't you know, even know who she was and I don't, don't even, even like parts of her anymore. You know and what I mean? I don't mean. know how to pronounce her name yeah. anymore than <laughs> apologizing for uh because i I've, I've read a great piece in here too like um it was something about oh here it is right here man look at my book i'm telling you it's going to be all marked up and everything but you talk about there came a time oh I, no 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 where is it i consume myself in schoolwork and even allowed abuse to make me a vulnerable woman who needed the permission of everyone else to exist She's gone. She's gone. 
She is. I don't even. I don't even know what her persona looks like who, anymore. Who is that? Who is that, Doctor Gia? Yes. How do you use that story, that piece of you, that brokenness, to serve others? One thing, Yolanda, one way that I use that is I provide a safe place for women just to be. You know, everybody needs to feel like they have a safe place, right. a safe place where they can unfold, a safe place where they can have no, uh, you know, um, the the exercise places call it a judgment-free zone. Mm -hmm. You know, they need a judgment-free zone where they can exercise that mental health place or that place where, you know, I, another sister can look at them and say, honey, all I see is the beauty that wants to come forth. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have that safe place or it took a long time to find that safe place. Right. I'll be a hundred percent transparent with you. I didn't like women. I didn't want to deal with women. I didn't trust women. It was too much hurt. It was too much conniving. It was too much scaping there. But it's the but you know what I've come to appreciate is that God uses the very thorns of our life to grow us in those areas to mature yeah, us. Yeah. The very things that we don't like are the very things that He uses us and calls us to, right? Mm -hmm. And so you know what I allow women to do is to be that safe place. Mm -hmm. I, I get it. I, I get the trust factor. I get that you know you don't understand what it did to me. You don't understand what it took for me. Mm -hmm. But what I also understand is that it can't take what it didn't give. Exactly. Exactly. It can't take what it didn't give. What it didn't give and what it didn't create from the start, right? And what it didn't create from the start. Yes. And sometimes that is the one thing that women need to hear, that it can't take what it didn't give. Mm -hmm. But certainly more that the more life that we give it, mm -hmm. the more we empower it. The yes. more that we breathe life into it, the more we give it a heartbeat. Yes. The more that we give it permission to exist. You yeah. know, and, and my... My, my mantra is that I want women to live purposely, mm -hmm. not purposely in your pain, but mm -hmm. purposely and, and intentionally on purpose. Yeah. Don't let your pain stagnate you to the point that you miss what God has purposely designed for your life. Mm -hmm. Yes, some ugly things have happened, but those things didn't happen for the mere fact that we need to stay there. But what do we learn from our pain? Yeah. Pain induces a response, mm -hmm. and the response is either we're going to respond negatively or we're going to respond positively. But what I refuse to do is live there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so it has to be a choice. Do you, you know, some of us like our pain. Let's be true. And I refuse to let the like sisters that I love. How about you know? I refuse to let the sisters that I love live there. Exactly. You know what exactly. I mean? Like you can't continue to talk about the same thing. And then um, one of the reasons when I finished my chapter, I'm like, oh my, why am I writing about this at this time in this book? Why am I writing about this? And then I believe that what God is having me, you, many of us do is say, tell the people, show the people look at how wonderful and beautifully you are. And mm -hmm. they have no idea what you have carried because I gave you that. And so yeah. now you don't have to stay stuck in that mess. We didn't write that to because we're stuck in it. We wrote it to show some people, look at what I've come through and who exactly. I am today. And so I, I love that he does that through us. Yeah. You know, it, it's a true place of freedom and liberation. It's the ultimate healing. It's the ultimate freedom healing. and liberation. The the um, conference I was at yesterday that I mentioned to you before we started recording, um, it was surrounding diversity and inclusion among the um, the bar association and the the where where's the bar going? The law lawyers bar and all of that, right? And um, one of the questions on the panel was with the Me Too movement and sexual harassment and sexual abuse and things of that nature, where do we go from here? What are some of the things, Dr. Gia, that you think, where do we go from here with all of the stuff that has happened um, and, and all of the talk and all of the movements um, you know, for example, one of the things that's important to me is that little nine-year-old girl who may not have a face, 
who doesn't have a face of the of the big people with seven figures on television, right? Mm-hmm. So where do we go from here? What what's some of the things that you see um, that we can do in our little worlds to affect the larger world? Yolanda, you know, the first thing I think we can do, it, it, like you said, is, is, is small and as simple at the community level. I'll, dare I even say from within our homes, we got to stop putting blinders on. You know, we got to stop turning the other cheek to those things that we don't want to talk about because they're uncomfortable mm-hmm. or those things that we don't want to deal with because we don't have time. We don't have time not to deal with things. Right. I have the time not to have those conversations with my daughters now, because if I don't have them with them, someone else that doesn't care about their well-being will. Right. So we got to stop not having time, first of all. Secondly, we got to stop judging. You know, everybody's not from a bad family. Everybody's not from a broken home. Everybody's not broke down, tore down, and living in despicable places. But we're judging, we we create such judgy places that these nine-year-old little girls don't even feel like they can come forth because you're going to judge my mama. Yeah. Or you're going to judge my grandmama. Or you're going to judge where I live or my social economical status. We got to stop being so judgy because that nine-year-old will continue to suffer because she wants to protect her mama. That's it. Because, you know, that's where we're going to go. That's where little kids are always going to go. They're going to protect their mother. So why not, why should I say something if you're going to talk about my mother or my grandmother or my aunties or my sisters or whatever the case may be? And so I love that you're saying that um, because we heard that. We heard that through the whole R. Kelly saga. Uh, where are their mothers? Where is this? Where? You know what? To me, that conversation dismisses the act of what yes. has happened. And so that's mm-hmm. what we're doing without even realizing it. We've become the um, what about folks. Yeah. What about yeah. Mr. Weinstein? And what about, I don't care, Mr. Weinstein don't live in our communities. Exactly. You know what so I you mean? Dis- you dismiss, like you said, it, it dismisses the, 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 the core of the issue. Yeah. So at can point the finger we always got to point something. Yep. We always got to have a blame. It's too painful. We always got to have some blames. So if I can point the blame at someone, then this nine-year-old little girl still doesn't have a face. Mm-hmm. She still doesn't have a voice. She still doesn't have a place that she can call safe and call her own. Mm-hmm. Because dare we even think about the fact that maybe mama didn't know. That or even if mama did know, mm-hmm. maybe mama's a victim too. Exactly. You no, know, so we don't, we dismiss the core so that we can only have to deal with the dangling leaves. Yep. And we don't and, want to deal with that. Anything anything else. So we don't want to really go to the reality of the issue is that it's not about pointing fingers. But how can I embrace this household? How can I embrace this village? Mm-hmm. So that one, this nine year old has a face. She has a voice. She has a place of and a sense of belonging. That's so wonderful. we'll never heal the nine year old if we point the fingers at her family. That's right. That's so good. So good. Talk about, man, I, I've read some things in here, but I'm going to let you teach the folks. What are a couple of things, those steps, those those key areas that we have to think about as women to overcome, whether it be sexual abuse, um, abuse, mental, physical, emotional, whatever it is, illness what are some of those things we need to think about the first thing we got to think about yolanda and one of the key things is we have to be willing to acknowledge acknowledge you'll never heal what you don't acknowledge mm-hmm. what you don't acknowledge you don't have to accept what yeah. you should think you don't mm-hmm. you know? so we have to be willing to acknowledge within ourselves first something's wrong and you have to be okay with saying something something's is wrong, wrong. Mm-hmm. Because that has to be the that has to be the handle that opens the door to you acknowledging that it's time to do something different. Yeah, I was never going to change if I did not acknowledge that something was wrong. Something's wrong. It didn't matter how much I loved God, how much I wanted to love God, how much I wanted to change, how much I wanted to be different. If I was not at a place of acknowledging my deficits. I was not going to change. 
I wasn't going to do what I needed to do to Mm. move forward. Because the thing of it is, is complacency becomes comfortable. And even when when we are being pushed into uncomfortable places, which you do, you just shift your position a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you shift, you move a couple of things around in the room a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, we think that the intangible thing, or we think that the tangible things, well, if I buy something, it's going to make me feel better. It's oh, such a, that's such a temporary If I make more money, if I do this, if I do that. Uh, one of my pastors recently um, uh, did a, a, a message called Control-Alt-Delete. And he, <laughs> man, he put it all in like computer terms. And, you know, it was surrounding some, you know, like sexual issues and how we thought of sex and all of that. But one of the things that has been sticking with me and I've been checking myself with so much lately is he said, he spoke to the fact that we create systems around dysfunction. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Pastor Victor, did you just say that? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And systems so, and syndromes. You Everything know, a syndrome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Another <laughs> syndrome, another system around dysfunction. And we mm-hmm. don't even realize we're doing that because we've created it so much that it becomes like normal. And it, it, it comes in the form of excuses um, for other people's behavior and all of this other kind of stuff. And so I love that. Number one, acknowledge. Mm-hmm. What's number two? So number two is accept. Accept. So after you've acknowledged that some things have to change, after you acknowledge that something's not right, right. you now accept it. Mm-hmm. Because now that you've accepted it, you can then develop a plan. Develop you know, a plan. I've accepted there's some things that have to change. I've accepted that some things aren't right. I've accepted that my family's dysfunctional. I've accepted that mm-hmm. my mentality's off. Mm-hmm. I've accepted that I've replaced it one bad behavior for another bad behavior. Man. I accept that I've allowed my pain to isolate me. I accept that I've allowed my pain to make me distance. I've accepted I've defined myself by pain. Mm-hmm. You know, so now that you accept those things, you know, you're at a whole different place versus denial. Denial, you just straight don't even want to talk about it. You don't want to deal with it. You're not even going to touch it. But when you've come to accept it, it's not just about the fact that I'm saying it, I'm professing it. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for you to, I'm ready to really go all in. Yeah. And that means even if I have to unfold the ugly, mm-hmm. I'm ready to go all in. That's when we get in that stance, like, okay, I, you, you know what? Like, you know, I you accept this. Yes. Off, you like, like, okay. You know, you know you're ready. Yeah, because once you get past that acknowledging, acknowledging it, you know, my girlfriend likes to say, uh, sis, what happened? You know, what happened that you're so angry? You know, what happened that you're coming to work with these types of issues? What happened? So once they accept it, once we accept it, once we acknowledge it, then accept it, then we ready to be like, what? That's because That's you're not going to take this from me because you ain't give it to me. Exactly. That's it. Wow. And Where after we... you accept it, you take action. Wow. You take action. I call it the three A's of transformation. I love Ignite. it. Action. You take action. Because action is an evolving process. It doesn't just stop at one phase. Exactly. You're gonna always be evolving. You're gonna all we're gonna always be changing and growing mm-hmm. and perfecting that process. And that perfection is not without error. That perfection is a place of maturity. It's yeah. a place of growth. It's the place where I'm going. I've, I've grown up. I got my big girl shoes on today. Yeah. I got my stilettos on today. Yes. Yes. You know, that's yes. a place where you're always evolving and you're always growing. That you get to that. You get to a place where it's like you, people can't rock you as easily. No. You know, I don't have to keep proving myself over and over to you again. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I'm at a place where you don't until you walked in my shoes. Mm-hmm. You don't understand this place right here. Yeah. You don't understand why I'm not moved by your temper tantrums, why I'm not even envious of what you have, because I don't know what it takes for you to keep what you have. That's right. Yeah. I just know that it takes all of Jesus, the Holy Ghost, the Father, <laughs> and the Son to keep this on. <laughs> yes. I always say, you know what, I'm right now I'm going off of some uh some energy from you, from you, from you, a little bit of mine, because I need that around me to fill me. 
you know, and that is huge to even acknowledge for those of us who are built in a certain way, those of us who are leaders in our own capacity and all of that to admit, I need a little bit of Dr. Gia. I need a little bit of this and I need a little bit of that to hold me up. And that is somewhere that I am continuing to evolve in is saying, no, how you doing? I ain't feeling too good today. You, to the people that I, I love and we could talk about it, it ain't it ain't too good. My spirit ain't too good. So I'm going to need you to, because normally I'm filling up somebody else's cup. So mm-hmm. now I'm going to need you to fill mine. Exactly. We got to be able to acknowledge when our cup is empty. Yeah. And, you know, when we have attached ourselves to the right people that today I'm not at my A game, but you are and you can fill my cup up. Yeah. And not feel that I've lost anything or that I'm taking anything from you. Right. You know, I, I just believe that when God puts good people in your space, they're there for a reason. Yeah. Some people are seasonal, some people are situational, and some people are just outright lifers. Yes. You know, you, yes. That's, that's for the journey. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the connection and the knitting that God does, it's for the journey. Mm-hmm. Because you, you, he begins to put in your space what he knows that you need and what he knows that you have for another. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love being around confident women that understand that we take nothing from each other, but we add a whole lot of good fruit Man. when we come together. So powerful and we, we build are. one another. You know, I, I say you you got Dr. G in your space. You got a life for two. You show me who you are for real. I love it. I love it. Yeah. You know, I love, I love God's people. And I want people to have the joy and peace that I have in knowing yes. yeah, the hell I went through. You have no idea. Yeah. But what you see now is the joy, the grace, the mercy, the peace, the provision, yeah. the perfection, the redemption, the replenishing, all that good stuff. Yes. That God does so well when we say yes to him. Yes. When we let him do it and get out of his way, right? I so love that you're doing that and that you have such a heart. I can just feel it. You have a heart for people to continue to grow and to feel, know who God is in their life, to know who God is in their life. And I love that. Before we wrap up, you talked about um, acknowledge, accept action. Where does forgiveness come in and all of that (laughs) forgiveness interjects itself in between acceptance and action Mm -hmm. i love it what you do not forgive you will not accept Mm -hmm. what you do not forgive you will not act upon Mm -hmm. the greatest thing that people fail to learn about forgiveness yolanda is that it's not about the offender or the offense not at all it's about you and i that's right. It's about you and I. Mm-hmm. Yep. Forgiveness releases. <laughs> it's 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 a release. Ooh, man. It's a release. Mm. It, 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 forgiveness says, "I forgive you when you can't even forgive yourself." Yeah. Yep. Or when you're not even sorry. I have a girlfriend who reminds me, she said something you taught me and I'll never forget. She said this and I didn't even realize that I do this. And she was like, you know, you taught me something because you were able to forgive someone who wasn't even sorry. No, No. because it ain't even about me. Because the more I continue, right, even though, you know, and this again is an everyday process, the more I continue to carry anger and towards someone else. It's going to continue to eat me up and eat me up and eat me up. And that person going to be like, while we worn out holding stuff, but releasing it to God, what does that do for us, Dr. Gia? Not let them off the hook, but releasing it to God to take care of it. Exactly. You know what it does for us, Shalonda, is it teaches us to love the unlovable. Forgiveness teaches you to love on a level that just super even seeds your own intellect. Yes. Can't understand. Because when you can love someone that has hurt you, when you can love someone that has, has, has does not have the capacity to do anything for you, mm. you love on a whole different kind of God you real level. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I don't have what I don't have the capacity or the space in my life for is for bitterness anymore. I don't have the place for that Mm -hmm. because I can't continue to do and hear from God and do what God needs me to do 
if I'm letting bitterness occupy my space, if I'm letting unforgiveness occupy my space, because where can God fill me up if he still has to continue to gut unforgiveness out, if he has to continue to gut bitterness out? Where can he put beauty at? Where can he put faith at? Where can he put his, where can he put his overwhelming and over, uh, I want to say unwavering love? How can he continue to show me that yeah. If I decide that, okay, I'm just going to harbor all this inside of me till it explodes yeah. and I let you meet the other side on a different level, yeah. where does, who does that profit? Mm. You know, who does that benefit? You know, one of the things that my husband always says, and uh, he's such a man of wisdom, he says, you know, I can't control other people's response, but I can control mine. That's right. Yeah. You know, I can't control what you're going to do or say on any given day, but at the end of the day, if they can keep me off of the altar to have them to repent one more time, because yeah. I let you take up space that you didn't need to occupy in the Ooh, first place. Oh, man. Mm. In the first place. In the first place. In the first place. So that piece right there is so key. In the first place, because that represents that we have to forgive ourselves mm -hmm. for allowing folks in our life. And when I tell you I am easy, I can forgive other people. And forgive other people. But mm -hmm. Dr. Gia, a moment of real authenticness, my, I struggle with looking Yolanda in the face and saying, I forgive you. Exactly. Exactly. That's tough. You, the question I always ask, whether it's a mentee, whether it's a coachee, when's the last time, when's the last time you had a conversation with you and said, I love you. I forgive you. What's the last time we did that and sincerely meant it and felt that thing resonate from the inside out? We struggle with being able to be authentic to ourselves. Yeah. And that is the greatest place of healing. When I'm 350 for me, I'm 450 for you. But I have to be intentional about the work that I do on me. I have to be intentional about keeping my mind right. I got to be intentional about keeping my spirit right. I got to be intentional about getting those things healthy, mental health, physical health, spiritual health. We have to be intentional about those things for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because we can sell a good game. Talk is cheap and it's oh, easy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But if it's not coming from a place where you're living what you're teaching and you're preaching. Mm-hmm. And we're going to wound some other people. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. So my first question to my sisters every time is, when is the last time you said, I love you? When is the last time you forgave yourself? Mm. Dr. J, when you're really the helping last me time right you now. Inventory of who was sitting on your front row and didn't deserve to sit there. Mm. You know, you are really helping me with something. And, and I hope that there are listeners, watchers, viewers out there who will also do this. I am going to commit myself to writing myself a letter. And you know what else I want you to commit yourself to doing? Mm -hmm. These little things that we put in our purse uh -huh. that we always want to use to touch up our makeup, or no. touch up our lipstick. Mm -mm. I want you to be intentional about opening it every day. Yeah. And say, Yolanda, I love you. Yolanda. I forgive you. Yes. Look at this. Because who's the reflection that we see most often? Us. Who's the voice that we hear most often? Ours. Even when we're sleeping, the subconscious is still having conversations. Over and over and over again. Yeah. Over and over again. Yeah. Over and over Yeah. Healing is deeply rooted in the subconscious, mm -hmm. just as pain is. Yeah. Absolutely. I've recently said, and so I really hope, because I'm being real raw right now, I really pray that this is going to help someone else because I recently said, and maybe this is a part of acknowledging something too, I don't like that woman that made that decision back then. Mm -hmm. I don't like her. And so now, I'm going to write her a letter. I'm going to write her a letter, Dr. G. I tell you, I am going to write. No, we, we didn't mean to do any of this, y'all. We did not mean to do any of this. But I am going to write her a letter. 
Because I don't like her. She made a bad decision. She made a decision that was not of who God says she is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm going I'm to write her a letter. And then I'm like, for seven whole days, when I open that compact, I don't use foundation every day, but I'm going to open that compact every day. And I'm going to talk to Yolanda, Dr. Gia, because of this conversation here. (laughs) I'm going to do it. And I'm going to start today. I am going to start today. Look at that. This is just so awesome. Conversations. I'm so excited. Um, and this is, we don't even know what God is doing with this platform, but I pray that it is impacting so many people, hearts, minds, mentally, physically, spiritually, all of that to see that when I say everyday women, that does not belittle us, but that means that I can connect with you, sis. I can connect Mm -hmm. with you, bro, because none of us are perfect. So I like to share also little pieces of me as folks share share, uh, pieces of them as well. And so this has just been an amazing conversation. It has been. been. And Yolanda, that's where it starts. It starts with the conversations. Like Mm -hmm. you said, everyday people. Mm -hmm. Our titles don't define us. They can be, titles can be quite intimidating. Yes, yes. I promise the listeners on this line that we put our shoes on one foot at a time, just yes. like you do. Yes. You know, we each have had our processes. We each have had our crosses to bear. And we live long enough, we're going to have a couple more. Yeah, we're going to have yeah. a few more. We're going to have a few more. But and, we have to have the conversations where people feel don't feel alone. Yes. Where people don't feel alone. Yes. You know, there will still be some sisters and some brothers that will never tell their story. Right. But they will get to a place where they learn how to heal. Exactly. Even if they do it internally, that's okay. That's okay. That's That's all right. But if if nothing else, you glean from what God is able to do. Mm -hmm. Or whomever the power power in the universe is that you serve, just understand that it is bigger than you and I and that we cannot do it alone. That's right. We do so much more when we open our mouths and have the conversations that say, sis, you're not alone. Bro, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And you know, none you of this. never speak of those scars that are now healed over by Escar. Yeah, I love and the Escar. Y'all read her chapter for the Escar. I'm not even going <laughs> to let her talk about it. But now I was like, read, ooh. They got to get the book for I that. started going like, oh, Escar, let me... Let me write this down and take notes. I love it. I love when the things and the folks that I'm around, I allow them to serve me because we're always looking for these huge platforms and and that's great. So many people have great platforms and I love it. I will support it. But what I really love is those intimate connections, books on my shelf that belong to people that we know, ordinary women who can serve each other and look at us and wrote chapters and books and all of that. And look at you serving me today. And I pray that somehow I am serving you in some way or the other. And um, thank you. Just thank you. Thank you. Dr. Gia, if folks wanted to work with you, I know you're in York, Pennsylvania. If folks wanted to work with you and connect with your platform, how can they reach you? Where can they find you? Absolutely. Um, my website is www.giaconway.com. There is a contact me sheet on that page as you go through my website, or they can email me. Actually, probably the easier way is my website or find me through Facebook, which on Facebook, I'm by my name, G.R. Conway, and certainly just reach out to me um, and, and we can talk. It, it starts with a simple conversation. Simple conversation. Um, there is, I believe there is no distance in healing. What God needs in the land, he commands and demands, yes. and he makes every provision for. And, you know, like you said, Yolanda, this has been an amazing conversation this morning. And trust me, my sister, you have served me well this morning. Thank you. Um, I do appreciate the opportunity to be before you and with you this morning. Uh, there is one common, where is one common denominator, and that is humanity. That's right. That's humanity. Just humanity. One common denominator. Simple humanity. humanity. And when we keep that at the surface of all that we do and all that we will in, ever endeavor to do, Mm-hmm. We do great things together. 
Absolutely. I want to reiterate because I am going to release this on a good Saturday morning when some of us may be having a good cup of tea or coffee or just sitting thinking. Take notes, acknowledge, accept, action. And in between acknowledge and accept, think about forgiveness. Think about forgiveness. Love it. Love it. Love it. I am here with that beautiful swan. Uh, this has been amazing an amazing time with Dr. Gia Conway. You all can reach her at www.giaconway.com. Um, find her on Facebook, social media. Y'all, this is, is amazing. Don't forget to get the book if you have not gotten it. You can also download it on Kindle, Set Apart and Chosen. God uses ordinary women to do extraordinary things. Thank you so much, Dr. Gia. Thank you, my sister. Absolutely. God bless. Absolutely. Stay right there. <gasps> I didn't mean to do that. Uh...